Welcome to At The Source. The date is the 24th of March, 2020. This is the third episode in my coronavirus and food special series. Every few days, I'm chatting with people from in and around the food and drink industry to discuss how this virus has affected what they do, what they eat and everything in between. As of 9am this morning, just over 8,000 people were confirmed positive for the virus in the UK. And as of 1pm today, 422 patients had died. Globally, the death toll has passed 18,000, with confirmed cases over 400,000. Today, I have just one guest, Phoebe Ruxton from Fair Share Southwest. She actually recorded with Karis and I back in November, but for one reason or another, we never managed to get that episode out. I promise I'll release it once this is all over, but for now, I wanted to chat to her about the current situation. Phoebe is the fundraising and communications manager for their Bristol depot, which collects and redistributes surplus food to schools, charities and organisations from Gloucester to Taunton and of course here in Bristol. They're part of a national fair share network and their services are in high demand at the best of times, but are needed now more than ever. This is a huge topic and I wanted to give Phoebe the time to discuss it properly. Welcome, Phoebe. Hello. Good to be here. That was the longest introduction in history. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> so how are you? Um, good. Um, yeah, it's been quite a, quite a couple of weeks for the whole team. Um, but motivation is high given the need. Um, and there's, it's, it's nice to be in a position where we know we can do something. Um, I think is how most of the team are feeling at the moment. And are you all, um, working from home or, I mean, obviously with a lot of what you do, people can't be working from home, but or is everybody still in at the depot? How, how is it working? So, um, obviously food's a very tangible thing that you can't, <laughs> um, you can't magic away from home, but, um, the, the kind of the non-essential, uh, people to the ops, to the operations team are working from home. Um, and those that are essential to the operations obviously have to have to keep working in the warehouse. Um, so we've just taken a, a, a team decision along with special centres across the country um, to commit to staying open um, and reduce risks um, as, as far as we possibly can. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're just being very, very strict on limiting numbers in the office. We've got very stringent cleaning regulations and hygiene measures that are, are happening. Mm-hmm. Got to, yeah, be entirely separate from, from everyone and wash hands and wipe down desks every hour as well as other times, all of those things. So, um, yeah, but it's a it's a it's a difficult operation. There's a there's a lot of our model um, that basically has to turn on its head in a matter of days um, in order for us to stay functional. Um, which is yeah, is quite a it's quite a challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, in case people out there aren't familiar with Fair Share Southwest, I know I gave a little bit of an introduction. Um, at the start, can you give uh, us a quick summary of what the charity normally does? Sure. So uh, normal operations for us um, look like um, we have about 50 tonnes a month at the moment of 
quality surplus food um, that comes in from the food industry. Um, so this is food that is perfectly good, um, but for whatever reason has been classed as a surplus. Um, so we get that into our Bristol warehouse and that's everything from fresh cheddar cheese by the pallet load to um, fresh meat to store cupboard food. Um, once it's into our Bristol warehouse, we've got about 150 volunteers that then pick and pack and sort that food and drive our chiller vans across the southwest. Um, and that food goes to about 260 um, different organizations working with vulnerable people. So surplus food is getting surplus food um, that's perfectly good um, to those that are most vulnerable. So those charities um, range from everything from homeless shelters to uh, refugee charities to children's breakfast clubs in areas of high deprivation, um, elderly people's lunch clubs, everything in between, um, women's refuges, addiction support centres. So our, our basic criteria is any organisation that's working with vulnerable people and could use food in any capacity, um, we will redirect um, food to them. So yeah, that's a that's a normal picture of what we do. And so there are so many people out there that you're already helping in normal times. Um, so many vulnerable people that need support. So I'm guessing that since the coronavirus hit and things are ramping up, that your services are even more in demand now. Absolutely. Um, food poverty was high on a lot of agendas, but probably not enough agendas before this happened. Um, the food poverty gap was by no means met um, and the end beneficiaries that we were giving food to before this crisis were already living on the breadline, struggling to make ends meet, um, living in you know just really shameful um, circumstances considering our affluent society mm. um, and not getting the support they need. Um, and at the same time, there's the, there's the kind of direct um, the food poverty element, but there's, there's also hundreds of charities out there that are having their have had their their budgets cut and um have had to run things on a shoestring um meaning um food support and reducing their food bill has has made a huge difference as well so um yeah our our, our service was in huge demand before um the charity was growing very rapidly in response to that need um and yeah, in a, in a stage of fast growth anyway, um, to, to try and bridge the, the hunger gap that's out there. Um, so in, in some ways that's kind of, it's highlighted mm -hmm. how fragile the system is. Um, but yeah, we're just acutely aware at the moment, along with other charities working on the front line and food banks and, um, many others that there are thousands of people out there in the southwest alone but across the country who um will be not having their stories told right now in amongst the chaos but will be um living in very difficult circumstances already and, and wondering how on earth they're going to get the support they need and there'll be a lot of people um who will fall through the gaps 
just really sad, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I was just listening to what you were saying and um, I don't really have a point to make other than, yeah, it, it, the work that you're doing is incredible. And I think, you know, we hear, we've hear we been hearing a lot on online and on the news about the key workers and uh, the NHS obviously are doing a fantastic job. But right now, all of the people that run the charities that Fair Share are providing food to are absolutely key workers and perhaps not getting the shout out that they that they deserve because yeah throw a, a virus into the mix and that's an incredibly difficult situation to be in yeah and there's and there's a huge amount of um small community organizations and just just incredible community champions that you know get out there every day and run an elderly people's lunch club which means elderly people in their community have one chance in a week to socialize or you know community initiatives that might not be set up as a, a formal charity or um social enterprise that are having a huge impact um which are very unlikely to be classed as key workers mm -hmm. um, because it's because it's not formalized um but the amount of support that has just disappeared overnight um is is pretty scary um yeah and, and we've had a lot of a lot of the charities the frontline charities that we rely on to identify the the most vulnerable and and to get food to those most in need we've had a lot of those charities contacting us saying we've seen you you become um a key worker status but how do we get that status yeah um, yeah and um it's there's no there's no kind of clarity around that at the moment so as yeah as we rely on frontline charities as a mechanism to get food to the most vulnerable um that's obviously a concern um and these are you know incredible partner organizations that um work extremely hard to get to get all sorts of support services out. Do you know at all, this is obviously slightly out of your remit, but do you know how mm. those frontline charities are tweaking their operations to uh, fit around the kind of the lockdown and the fact that people can't be socialising? Are they moving to delivery models or have they have they given you any? Um, there's, I mean, it's all been a bit of a blur in the last, last few weeks. My colleagues can probably answer this better than I can. Um I mean, one one thing that we've certainly seen from a from a fair share perspective is as we've tried to uh, sift out what our two hundred and sixty two charity partners are doing is that a huge amount of them are cutting almost all services apart from food, um, and that's the that's the one service that's obviously vital and mm -hmm. is something that they can get to the door so if if they weren't able you know if they're not able to give you know, whatever it is debt advice or um social events or um other types of support face to face then it goes down to you know what do people need to live and yeah and that's you know food is at the center of that so we were actually thinking last week um that we'd see this massive drop off um or we'd see kind of half our the charities that we work with especially the smaller ones that they'd maybe close or that they they'd be in very compromised positions but actually what we've seen is well they they obviously in all sorts of difficult situations themselves and, and i'm sure many are facing closure or um in very difficult situations the one thing that they're they're determined to keep going is the food 
Um, so yeah, even if that's, you know, one determined staff member that says, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens, please keep sending us food because I will deliver it to these 20 people that I know will not get support, at least in the short term. And food is a short term issue. It's yeah. not something you can sort out in three weeks. It's something people need right now. It's absolutely incredible to hear the stories of, you know, mutual aid and the the groups that people are are joining and setting up in their streets and just the fact that one of the plus points that's come out of this whole situation is people showing just how generous and warm and kind they are and really pushing to the absolute limits really to help people that are less fortunate than themselves it's it's something we should be proud of I think absolutely yeah I mean uh, yeah the support we've we've had um in the last two weeks as a, as a charity has been incredible. Um, yeah, our poor, our poor volunteer manager is flooded with a, an influx mm-hmm. of volunteer inquiries, which is the, the best way around um, that it could be. Um, but there's so many people out there that just want to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing more frustrating when people, especially people who are clued up on these issues and, you know, have supported things in the past and are, and are really aware to in some cases you know not not have a job or not having not have something to do and be holed up at home um people are just desperate to to do something um also gives you an excuse to get out (laughs) well yeah and I wonder how that might change actually um one of the reasons that we're recording so many of these coronavirus and food episodes is one because loads of people said they wanted to come onto it which was amazing um mm. and two is because obviously things are changing all the time so we recorded an episode last night which will come out before this one does obviously but during that conversation Boris Johnson went onto the TV and obviously locked things down further so it just shows that things are changing on a on a daily basis absolutely and this yeah i mean for <laughs> Yeah, for any any charity, but for any organisation, just keeping up with keeping up with those announcements, um, acting very fast to what is obviously a fast developing situation, um, and then changing operations the next day is a is a huge challenge. One of the things that I was interested in is, given that we know everybody's been panic buying and the supermarkets are the shelves are empty. A lot of the food, the surplus food that you get through your depot comes from supermarkets. Has there been a slowing in in the amount of food that you're physically getting in to be able to give out to people or has that not affected well, affected what you get? The, it certainly caused chaos um, this week. Um, but so the food that we get in hasn't reached the supermarket level, hasn't reached the retail level yet. So it's come from the big depots, it's come from manufacturers, from right across the, the food supply chain. Um, so although it, a, a large percentage of it is packaged, ready to go into a supermarket, it's been uh, deemed uh, um, like it's yeah they know it, they know it's not going to sell or um, there's been some some kind of over ordering or whatever it is so it hasn't actually got to the supermarket level so um, that's that's one thing um, but separately um, at the same time as people have been panic buying um, obviously the whole hospitality sector has has pretty much closed down um, so what we've actually seen 
um, I mean, it, there has been a huge amount of flux in, in the last week um, and different types of food have been coming in and there have been there has been kind of chaos in, in um, deliveries in some cases not arriving, which is obviously just something you just have to have to deal with. Um, but so, yeah, we've had we've had some change in um, we've had some uh, supermarket uh, depot food not getting to us but because supermarkets are all coping with this panic buying um there's also a, a huge amount of um unknowns in the supply and demand algorithms and the the kind of um expectations that supermarkets were working off so um there's still a lot of surplus out there and there's because of all the um all the chaos coronavirus has caused there's a lot of delays in the food supply chain as well so there might be a missed delivery right at the start before it's reached the pack packaging stage um that then um yeah then means that, that we might get that food diverted straight to us and it doesn't go straight to the supermarket um so uh, there has been there has been a dip in food in and there has been a change in the type of food that we've been getting um, but just today, it was announced that we had 28 pallets um, arriving in the next three days, um, which is an unprecedented amount of food. Um, so, yeah, no, that we are fully expecting the food to be coming and, and flowing. And there's there's no other organisation um, in the southwest that is able to take that quantity of food and has the links with the the food industry as well but the other thing is i mean so the the national charity fair uk are working incredibly hard right now to um work with the food industry um work with the government um to access as much food as possible um to make sure that a all available surplus is is captured and um, sent to the, to the right place, um, but also um, that if food companies can, um, a lot of them are stepping up and, and donating large amounts of food as well um, into the network. So um, it, it might be that we we see a shift from surplus to donated. Um, but basically, we've got the infrastructure um, and the links with vulnerable people to be able to be very, very well placed right now to um, launch emergency food operations um, as part of the bigger picture. And I think the, the key thing here is that Fesha Southwest and Fesha UK are just one part of, of the wider picture here. There's obviously... Um, a huge amount of of other organizations as well as government initiatives that will be bridging that food gap and we can't do everything mm -hmm. um we're not we're not that big to feed, to feed the you know the whole of bristol or the whole of the southwest um but we will be directing our food to the the very most vulnerable um and and prioritizing highest impact um partners that can distribute food themselves on a large scale um so what uh, one thing that is 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 difficult is that we we cannot um give food to individuals um we have had quite a lot of inquiries in the last two weeks which is obviously just heartbreaking and really Sad, hard yeah yeah um to to kind of um handle with it as a staff and we can direct those people and signpost them um but we have to we have to stay strategic to have the, the biggest impact yeah and i think that's the right thing to do and there are places that people can get help if they are 
looking for themselves and I can put some links out as well with this but it's it's interesting that you said that you know in the last two weeks more people have been in touch and unfortunately I think that's probably going to continue it's um it's a scary time and nobody knows how long it's going to last and and what what will happen in the future but I think what you guys are doing is incredible and I know that you very recently just launched your coronavirus emergency appeal um, and I thought it might be quite nice if we explain to the listeners what that is and how they can get involved and help. Thank you very much. Yes, it would be really good to um, have a bit of a plug on that. So um, our coronavirus emergency appeal um Fair Share Southwest has got one um, one appeal running um, for us as an independent charity in the Southwest. There's also um, the national charity Fair Share UK have got a national campaign going as well. Um, and we are asking the public and local companies and people who are able during this difficult time to donate what they can to enable our charity to not only do what we're doing at the moment, but to extend and expand our operation um, to provide emergency food support um, right across um, right across the region right now. So stage one of that is um, we we already get out food um, for about 120,000 meals each month. That's 50 tons of food. Um, step one is getting funding to ensure that we can keep going doing what we're doing right now um and um yeah so so getting donations um from from members of the public will have a huge impact in just keeping going um despite having to overhaul operational processes and uh add in new costs like uh specialist cleaners um and all the rest of it step 1 is is just maintaining that step 2 if we if we raise enough is um and ha- and have the resources is to expand our operation um so we'd be looking at uh expanding into new warehouse space, um, linking up with new partners, finding innovative ways of getting food in and out of our warehouse space as fast as possible. Um, Yeah, possibly working longer hours if it takes it um, to radically expand on what we're doing at the moment. So um, at the moment, as I've explained, we've actually got a huge amount of volunteers. There's obviously a lot of people out there um, who are available to volunteer, who are fit and low risk. Um, so we're, we're safe on volunteers and we've got the food coming in. Um, the food is secured. What we what we absolutely need right now is financial resource um, to, to be able to take this further. Um, and we've actually just had announced um, a, a local funder that wants to remain anonymous um, is going to match fund this appeal in the southwest up to fifty thousand pounds that every single pound that you donate um will be doubled um at least for the for the next month so yeah we're really urging people if they're if they're able to give whether it's a fiver or a lot more than a fiver um to to just get in touch um because it just makes a huge difference and people can donate by going to fairsharesouthwest.org that's it. Fairsharesouthwest.org.uk forward slash coronavirus emergency fund. Perfect. Um, yeah, it's on the homepage there. We'll share that link anyway. So 
So looking at the option two that you're talking about, are you envisaging that you will be so stage one is all about maintaining the excellent work that you guys already do. Stage two is about expanding and getting food out to more vulnerable people. So as the coronavirus lockdown and everything that we're going through continues, are you envisaging that you would start reaching out and providing food to people and places that you wouldn't otherwise? Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, so far we've been consolidating the the existing charity partners that we have and and you know, making sure that um we're, we're getting food to those existing partners um but we're also working very closely with uh, local councils and um bristol and bath especially um and with um yeah, yeah, local authorities and and charities like Feeding Bristol as well um, to coordinate a much larger scale uh, joined up food support. So um, there's there's a lot of ifs at the moment, and there's a lot that's unclear. So um, yeah, don't take any of this as, as certain. And there's there's a lot that it, it hangs on, um, but that could look like having community hubs set up in uh, prime locations um, across Bristol, for example, um, that kind of act as anchor organisations that we could deliver large quantities of food in very quickly. Um, and then they they deliver out food parcels to their local communities. Um, it, yeah, there's, there's various other initiatives. We're talking to organisations that that have standing assets like uh, a fleet of minibuses, for example, is, is one that we're working with at the moment that could, and, and they work with very vulnerable elderly people already. So they could literally take our food, make it into food parcels and get food to people's doorsteps. Um, and they know those names and addresses. So I think the key thing um, with expansion is, yes, yeah, it's, it's not about, um, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. The most effective thing that we can do right now is get food into existing support services. Um, there's, yeah, those those connections are out there. Um, and at, at the moment, they're just not not being supported. So um, it's, yeah, that that would be the, the second stage would be um, expanding in that way. And as I, yeah, as I say before, it's about linking to the most strategic partners that we can which is a tricky thing to do at the moment as the smoke is still clearing on who's doing what so um it might be that it's a kind of iterative process mm -hmm. and we're constantly revising what the priority is um we're not sure it seems as though that's the situation for a lot of a lot of people right now you know things are changing daily mm. and it sounds as though your, you and your team are working incredibly hard to come up with all these various plans, mm. annoyingly not necessarily knowing which one you might end up with. So at a time when a lot of us are now working from home, myself included, and perhaps not quite as busy as we would normally be in usual circumstances, it seems to me that Fair Share Southwest is, is manically busy. Is morale good? Are you all kind of on on it you know what we last week we did hit a bit of a, a bit of a uh, a slump or a bit of a bit of a wall i think um but we ended the week knowing that we were going to continue and we were committed to being part of the solution um 
until you know we're physically forced to close but i don't think i don't think that's likely um at least in the immediate future i mean who knows <laughs> um but what's actually been amazing has been the messages of support that we've got from um from the public along with along with donations but it just having having people reshare your posts on social media talk to you send you a little message just to, to keep you going we've all been sharing around the office um around the team and it really makes a massive difference just to have someone say keep going yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we've had some really really nice messages of support and and from the, the charities that we're working with who um yeah are themselves really stretched so it, it does feel like the third sector and those you know working working really hard with with vulnerable people are, are really clubbing together right now and um yeah there's a lot of very determined um very inspirational people out there that um it's it's just great to be working with. That's really great because I think one of the things that a lot of people are struggling with right now is making sure their mental health is good and keeping positive. Yeah. When we're potentially fighting something that we don't know how or when it will end. So Definitely. massive, think, massive kudos to you guys. Well, I mean, I think there's always been quite a lot of our volunteers are always saying this. And I think amongst staff as well, there's a lot of satisfaction in doing something that's really as tangible as getting food that you know has gone to waste out to people that need it. It's like it's always made a lot of sense and just feels very um yeah, a kind of very tangible action. And I think especially when people are feeling helpless and powerless and stuck at home um just yeah people kind of tapping into to what we're doing and we're going to try and keep our social media as as active as possible but people just tuning in there and just seeing seeing food being shifted um out to people in need is um it's quite a nice thing to kind of know know that's happening um so yeah, we're really encouraging volunteers that we've obviously got a lot of volunteers that are unable to volunteer now as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those that have to stay at home and we've got a lot of you new know, people who are really frustrated because they've given the last three years of their life to do incredible volunteering work with us. And now they're, they're stuck at home because um, they're caring for someone that's, that's high risk or, or whatever the reason is. Um, so yeah, just kind of keeping the network of supporters really engaged is going to be really important for us um, during the this time. And I think um, yeah, even if people aren't physically doing the shifting of food, kind of keeping um, keeping in touch and watching what's happening um, will be at least cheering you guys on. Yeah, and something to something to kind of see the progress of as well <laughs> in amongst all the all the weirdness everything that you're doing is is phenomenal and important and you're just one of many charities that are doing this and it kind of begs the question as to what the government are and maybe aren't doing because sure there are things being set up now but the fact that when we're in normal times fair share is busy and stretched it just doesn't feel right to me it's almost that in an ideal world, fair share wouldn't actually need to exist. I mean, absolutely. I think a lot of a lot of charities hoped they didn't e exist in a weird way. If that makes sense. Um, but I, I do wonder. I do wonder what it'll be like after this is over, because it it really is spotlighting 
not only the current situation of food poverty, but obviously there's going to be a huge number of people that despite the government's best efforts will be in situations of poverty in in quite surprising circumstances. So I think I, I do wonder if the next few months will really show just the fragility of of society and and just show you know how easy it is to get into those situations through no fault of your own. Um, I guess coronavirus is a is a freak event that everyone relates to, but there's loads of freak events that happen to loads of individuals that you can't control. Um, but uh, you know that have been stigmatised in the last few years and people haven't understood. So I, I wonder if it will be the start of a, a change in perspective, possibly, um, towards issues like food poverty. Absolutely. And I actually, I hope that that's the case because I think this puts everybody on the same level. We're all fighting the same thing. And mm. actually, you can't be out for yourself right now. You have got to think about your community and your surrounds and the people around you because you might have been earning 50 grand a week a week last week say and this week nothing and you are no better or different or worse or anything than anyone else who might have been needing support from fair share for a lot longer and yeah absolutely it feels as though we as a society will hopefully become a little bit more community-minded and a little bit more respectful of each other regardless of our differences and our backgrounds and that can only be a good thing yeah definitely you'd hope so we haven't had well I was thinking the other day actually we haven't had a a kind of a national disaster that has um so in such a kind of widespread way um hit the whole country um for so many years that we have we haven't kind of been invaded fully as a country Mm. before in at least the last few centuries despite like obviously the world war but that we weren't invaded then so uh, there's kind of a I guess the classic kind of arrogance of the British isn't it but um, <laughs> um absolutely but you kind of I, I guess a lot of countries felt like this but nobody could see this coming to the scale it's it, it's it's kind of swept the country and and just shaken every system to its core um it's just been it's just been mind-blowing how fast it's happened. It has. I think it's literally been, what, three weeks maybe since we were all first talking about, oh, this this thing in China. Mm. And now we're all pretty much on lockdown. It's, it's bonkers. Um, and I just hope that you are able to continue the work that you're doing and that your volunteers who are self-isolating or at home looking after loved ones must not feel guilty because they've already done an amazing job. Not at all, yeah. And I just hope that everybody who listens to this can pop onto the website and put put some money down to help you guys get to your your bigger goal. Because as you mentioned a few a few minutes ago, I think the fallout from this will be much bigger than we realise. I know, for example, people whose companies have said to them, oh, you know, in a few weeks when this is over and we'll just get back to normal. But I genuinely think that there will be echoes of the damage to economy and people's jobs and routines that will echo out. And I think that's the same for a lot of the independent food businesses that have close their doors it will take them time to get back it won't literally be oh the virus is gone now everyone can just start popping down to whopping wharf for dinner i think that it's going to be a slow recovery 
Absolutely. Yeah, I think right across the, yeah, especially small businesses, hospitality sector um, and the charity sector as a whole. I mean, it says there's less less money out there to give than um, I think, yeah, the whole third sector would will be hit very hard, um, which doesn't bear thinking about at the moment in, in week three or whatever we're in. But um, there'll be, yeah, a lot a lot more vulnerable people as a result of this um i would hazard a guess um i would also add if if people are listening to this and are in uh, not in a position to to donate um then also please don't please don't feel guilty but um please just share share our posts um like our posts um talk to us and that's um that's as valuable um but what what really matters now is just having our our community around us absolutely and a perfect natural end to a really quite sad but also important conversation um phoebe thank you so much for joining at the source for the second time but for the first time for our listeners as i mentioned i will release the episode that we recorded with phoebe after this time has passed uh, it gives a deeper insight into the work that she does and the work that fair share do uh, in the southwest and nationally in a much more detailed way so if you're interested in that it will be coming up in the next few months and all that is left for me to say is remember to wash your hands everybody and stay home as much as you can follow the government's guidelines if you are feeling isolated um, find your local mutual aid group there are zillions of them now we're on we're in a facebook group we're in a whatsapp group um they're all over the country and if you want to chat about food or just have a moan which i enjoy as much as eating feel free to drop me a dm on at the source or gingy bites on instagram facebook twitter um I'm, I'm always open and up for a chat so that's it stay safe and see you all soon 